Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a losing episode of the Talking Blues podcast. I'm Josh, and I'm joined finally again by both of my co-hosts, Alex and Peter. Uh, I guess that's just what happens when Alex decides to come back on the podcast. Chelsea just decide to lose another game. So uh, hopefully he's not back for the next one. But, uh, well, no, I'm just kidding. All right. Are we acting like they weren't losing before, Josh? Like, come on. They were losing when I was on my deathbed, when I'm not on my deathbed. They lose no matter what. It doesn't matter. Now, we welcome you back with open arms. We're happy to have you back to recap this uh, Everton win with two goals in the second half. Um, yeah, guys, I mean, we're sitting here now Monday morning, a day after the game happened, and just that's all we're here to do. We're here to talk about it. We're here to recap it. So I guess even after a pretty good first half for Chelsea, getting some shots on net uh, and doing also – I would say, again, dominating in the possession, which is something that Peter and I talked about um, in a lost, what was it, the two episodes ago against, uh, oh no, it was the Brighton win. No, I feel like I'm losing my mind now. It was the Man You Lost, um, where Chelsea, I believe, dominated most of the possession, but yet didn't uh, win the game. I think it was the same thing here, uh, and and especially in the first half, though it was level after the first half. I'm going to stop talking now. I'm going to send it to you guys for what your thoughts are uh, on this game. Uh, well, hi, guys. I'm here, by the way, because, you know, Josh didn't do his usual, like, say who's here or not, you know. But just saying, I am here. I literally said I'm Josh, joined by my co-host Alex and Peter. But Yeah, I know, but you didn't You didn't do my, you didn't do, like, the how you doing, like, Alex or Peter, like, how you doing, guys, you know. He, does, he doesn't care about you, Peter. That, exactly. See, Alex gets it. Anyway, anyway, anyway. You don't care about you don't care about me just like Chelsea doesn't care about my I'm, mental health. I'm not. We're not starting on this. Just go. Yeah, as I was saying, I said yeah. Uh, Chelsea does not care about my mental health clearly because this is just another game where it's like I wish I just slept through this game. I wish I did not stay up, uh, wake up for this game because it's another game where I mean, like you say, we 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 won possession, we dominate possession, we had the ball forever, but we just never have the ability to score from all the possession we have and all the chances we create we just don't score and then of course we make one mistake we don't claim a cross it comes out they score a goal 
you know, they get a nice break, they get a rebound, they score a goal, and we. I mean, it just seems like we never get those 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 chances, and I think it's a mix of both of being unlucky, because of course, why would Chelsea be lucky and get any bounces at all to go their way? But it's also, I don't think we ever get players that are in the right positions. I think we we talked about this against the in the menu game, Josh, where we don't ever have players making runs into the box. Like McTominay's goal, there they had three players all around the ball. I don't think there's one time in this game where there was a cross that we had in where there was really even one player near the ball. I I don't think we got I think we got on the end of like any single one of our crosses with a header, a volley, anything. It's just we never get into the right positions to score. And so we're forced to have Cole Paul or Mudrick or like Enzo take outside the box shots, which sure they might go in eventually, but it's not it's not consistent. That's not a consistent way of scoring. And obviously to win games and be good in the league, you need a consistent way of scoring, which we certainly do not have right now. So and with the team we have right now, we're almost also certainly going to make at least one mistake. And of course, when we make that mistake, they're going to score. And if we can't score, we're going to lose. And so it's kind of just, we're just kind of, we're kind of just doomed to lose with the way our squad is right now and the way we've been playing. So, you know, it, it's just unfortunate that we're kind of back to just being extremely bad again. You know, there's a hope for a few games, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's just not fun. I hope that kills you. And, Really, it's you know it's bad when Mudrik is your best player, um, and I kind of felt like that was pretty much my assessment of the game. And it, it's rough because we have so much talent, right? And we spent so much money, and we brought in a quote unquote world class manager in Pochettino, and just nothing could go right. Everton are terrible; they're awful. They're not a good team. They made us look like we were. Uh, you know, D3 athletes, as we would joke here in the U.S. about like football teams or whatever, or, or college sports. But it's just really, really bad. And Reese James, I mean, just another issue. It's like he is constantly, he cannot stay on the pitch. And I saw someone tweet this, a uh, Chelsea fan, actually. You can't even really put Reese James in that top tier right back conversation in the world because he's never on the pitch. Um, and as sad to say as that is, as a Chelsea fan, he's never there, and availability is your best ability, my favorite saying. And uh, it's, you know, yeah, Josh is laughing at me right now. Um, I say that all the time on our other podcast, too, the Giant Takes. So. Um, but it's really a problem when your best player is never on the field. Um, and, and this midfield that we've invested so much money into, Enzo, Caicedo, they're getting just outperformed by guys in the midfield by like Adrissa Gay of Everton and uh, what's the other guy, the English guy, uh, James Garner. Like James Garner couldn't even crack the United like um, academy team. Like, and he got sold to Everton and he's bossing around our hundred plus million uh, dollar midfielders and it defensively we're shaky as always. And it's just a really, really bad combo and Potts just needs to get it together. I think another thing to talk about, especially, I mean, you guys kind of touched on everything, but I think once Everton scored that goal in the 54th minute, the Chelsea kind of lost their heads a little bit. Um, and that's something that you shouldn't see out of a Premier League squad whatsoever. When you're facing adversity, these guys are, I mean, even even the younger players, right, who are actually stepping up that are 
sometimes our age, right? 18, 19, 20 years old. And, you know, most of them, if they're, they're older than 18, right? They're adults and they play in a professional soccer league. One is the Premier League, which is one of the biggest and not the biggest leagues of soccer or football in the entire world. And if they're losing their heads and losing their cool when they're down a goal, that's a problem, especially when you're down a goal to Everton in a normal match. Like, I guess it's different if it's like a Champions League important game like that or the FA Cup final. This is just a normal match on a Sunday. Like, I'm like, we go down one nothing, and Nico Jackson's sending balls in that are 10 yards above the net. Uh, Mudrick is fouling people when there's no need for it just because he's mad. We're down one goal. That's when you lock in. If we're not locked in when it's 0-0, then get locked in when we're down 1-0 because that's the time when you need to come back. And even though you think Everton might have momentum, we have to steal that away from them and get a goal in ourselves. And that's just something that Chelsea did the exact opposite of. They let Everton get in their heads. They got messed up. And they let them take their entire momentum. And that's why, I mean, obviously it was stoppage time at that point uh, in the 90th plus two uh, when Everton was able to tack on the insurance goal and make it 2-0 uh, and get that win secured. But between that time of, I would say, the 54th minute and like the 80th minute was just lackluster football from Chelsea. And it just showed that they kind of were a step behind mentally. Not even physically, like saying Everton was a better team than them. I think Chelsea can beat, with the with the guys that uh, Pochettino put out yesterday, Chelsea could beat Everton. And I'm very confident of that. But they can't if they're going to be mentally soft and take erratic shots and do fouls that, things that you would see in like high school soccer when someone gets mad and they're having an, like an anger attack. Like, how we have to talk about Peter, um, you know, a couple weeks ago with Chelsea getting back-to-back games and back-to-back red cards is, like, despicable. That's just something that you would never think that you would have to speak about. But it happened. Ta-da. Like, I, you know, so um, that's what I have to say there. Do you guys have any other, I guess, uh, final thoughts for right now before I move into the match stats? Well, I'll just say that, like you said, with those back-to-back red cards, both the, both of them were from... Two yellow cards. And for the most part, yellow cards are only given by making stupid fouls, by getting angry and retaliating. It's when these players are deciding, I'm going to dive into a challenge here. And then later, they lose the ball, they're running back, sprinting back, and then they clip them from behind for no reason and get that second yellow and get them sent off. And I said it then and I'll say it now. It's I think it's just part of the growing pains with this young squad. I mean, our average age is incredibly small. And so I think a lot of these players just don't have the right mentality. Obviously, we have players like Silva, like Sterling, who are veterans, who whose job should be to tell all these players and calm down all these players and be like, hey, don't do these stupid things. But I think it's just inevitable when you have this many players that uh, that are this young, that haven't played enough, that haven't really been in the situation before, that these things are going to happen. As annoying as it is, that we're, but it's just, I feel like it's inevitable that it's going to happen, so... It, it, it's just unfortunate, and I think that's part of the problem when we decided to just go out and buy a bunch of 20-year-olds, but we we gave them all eight-year contracts, so we're stuck with them now, aren't we? Nope, uh, one quick thing here. I mean, there's all over social media, Chelsea fans, it's the debate, does Poch get the full year? 
Does he get more than the rest of this year if the pace continues? What are your guys' thoughts on this? I think you got to give him the rest of the season. But, I mean, I don't think you can give him another season if it continues at this way. You've got to see improvement, especially from these big money signings. It's not his fault. It's the same thing we're talking about every single year, though, the past, like, three years. Chelsea brings in all these players, and then it's just expected upon the manager to make it all click together, one, two, three, like that. And in a couple months, Chelsea goes from 10th to 1st. That's just not how it works. You can't do that. You have to build up, and it takes time. And unfortunately for Chelsea fans, it might take years. But when you continue to cycle out these players in and out, put them on loan, sell them, bring you in, put them on loan, sell like it's the same thing that we're just doing every single transfer window within months of each other. And I'm not talking about years. I'm talking about months. I'm talking about within four, five, six months, we are completely rotating either the front line or the back. Like, I mean, actually, the back has been pretty solid the last two years, especially with Thiago Silva staying in there. But the midfield and the front three have like been switching, like I would say, a pretty decent amount in the last two to three years. And I know Thomas Tuchel did the most with this team, but I feel like that was because he had time and he had the same players running those positions. And that's why Thomas Tuchel was successful, I think, with this Chelsea team. But now we're talking about letting go of Poch when he got brought in with, well, and Kunku's now been injured for a while, right? So we haven't even seen him in the lineup yet. So who knows if he gets in, maybe this team uh, will improve. Mudrick is in. Cole Palmer is now, you know, brought up, and and you know Gallagher is now a, a very much a starter, and he he has been for the season. There's just a bunch of different new players in this team, and I think for fans to think that they're going to click within four months and become a Premier League top squad is honestly a little bit irrational, and. Maybe that's just me, and fine, I guess, if we want to get rid of Poch and bring in someone else to restart the whole thing again, because then we'll get new players in in the summer, and then they're going to have to work on clicking them in four months, or else people are going to be in the same situation and get mad. So be it if he gets fired. But I, I just I just think it's irrational if you're going to give this guy a season and then be like, yeah, like the, to the end of the season, I mean, and then be like, yeah, he's done. He's got all these new players, man. Um, I'm going to stop now because like, I'm going on a everlasting loop. Uh, but Peter, you can go. What are you, Peter, right now? God, Josh. Don't say that yet because I still have my chance to do the exact same thing. You guys have spoken too soon. <laughs> so, but, but in all seriousness, I, I'll keep it short because for the most part, I agree with Josh. I think at some point you can't keep just sacking managers and saying, whoa, but the squad's so good. So we should be getting better. At some point, you have to say, okay, the players are playing horrible. And you can't just keep using the manager as an excuse. And that doesn't mean I think Posh has been good. I think he's been shit. He's been a not a good manager. He has been a bad manager. He has been. He has made some very questionable decisions. And I, I, you said this, Josh, the fact that we don't have Unkunku, so maybe the team will get better when he gets here. I hope it does. But your entire managerial, like, play and your entire tactics depend on having one player be in the squad I don't think that means you're the right manager for a top four Premier League side which is obviously our goal our goal is top one but I'd say you're up top five I'd say is our goal 
And I don't think you can make it top five with a manager who needs one player in order for your team to succeed. And I think he definitely needs to up some of his decisions and some of his decision makings. I think a lot of it's been questionable. But like you say, Josh, I don't think firing him and then bringing in someone who then it's, it is it is it is just a cycle. It's like you said. And I don't think that's sustainable. I don't right now. I don't think either of them are really good options. I wish he just made a better signing to begin with instead of Posh. But, you know, we don't really have a choice now. But I definitely think I think the original question was till the end of the year. I think you definitely give him till the end of the year unless we somehow start looking like we're going to get relegated, which I don't think is possible realistically we just have to focus we're still in cup competitions right those have europe we can get into europe still if we win those cup competitions so it's still technically europe is still technically possible but as long as we don't get relegated as long as we don't get relegated i think we just have to leave posh for the year at least and then work from there we win champions leagues we used to win premier league titles and now we're saying if we don't get relegated we're good all right we're good great great success how far are we falling? Yeah, I no response. I mean, we know this, guys. I, I, I mean, partly other things, but you wonder why we took like a six month hiatus last year, not recording this podcast because we didn't even want to talk about this team. They were so bad. Never in my life did I think out of my three teams that the Nets would be the best team that I'm supporting right now. And that's a sad state since they are a bang average team currently. But Chelsea, probably the worst team I'm watching right now. And that has never been the case my whole life. They've always been my best team. They've always been competing at the top. And it's devastating, man. It's devastating just being that's because, in mediocrity. That's because you started following them when they reached the top. That was your that was the pinnacle of Chelsea football, right? When you started watching them in what the early two thousand tens. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's true. Kind of all you've seen is greatness and then the fall off from grace has been uh been a it's been a big one. It's impressive, honestly. Yeah. Uh, going to the match chats now. Chelsea outshot Everton sixteen to nine. However, shots on target favored Everton's side five to four. I talked about possession earlier. Chelsea had seventy three percent of that. They also had like five hundred more passes in that possession total than Everton did. Uh, so yeah, like I said, they they controlled a lot of the tempo of this match. Just was not able to capitalize. Fouls 12 to 12 either side. Luckily, no red cards for Chelsea in this game, but they split between both teams 2 2 in yellow cards. And Chelsea also had more corners 8 to 4. With this loss, they move from 10th, Chelsea does, down to 12th with 19 points. They share 19 points with four other squads, or they are the four, so three other squads Brentford, Wolves, and Bournemouth. And kind of going along with, with what Alex was saying. Who would have thought we would be ca- comparing Chelsea's point totals to those of Brentford, Wolves, and Bournemouth? Not me, two years ago. Um, and that's nothing, no shade thrown to those teams, but just a statement. Oh, all, all the teams are better than us right now, so definitely no shade. Also, also, um, let's just talk about how Peter and I said that uh, there is slim to none chance that Chelsea loses this game to Everton as they are on the verge of relegation in the last episode. We were, obviously we're not confident in them winning any game, but we were like, nah, there's no way they, yeah, that sets up against the relegation squad so much that Everton has now moved out of the relegation. They sit in 17th with 13 points. 
while Sheffield and while Sheffield and Burnley are both tied with eight points. Alex, I'm just ignoring you. I'm trying to talk. You keep on interrupting. Uh, and then Lewintown has nine points. This man is chipping in with the ad libs right now. What? What? What is it that I'm saying? What else am I supposed to say? I got an ad lib. What did I you say? Otherwise, we're just depressing. I said what did FC. Oh, okay. I was really that was really necessary. Peter was laughing. He was on mute though, so we couldn't hear him laughing. It was no comment. No comment. Sure, man. So anyway, yeah, Chelsea lose to a relegation worthy squad, um, and like I said, sit in twelfth uh, or thirteenth. I already forget what I put them in. Uh, what I put them in thirteenth. Okay, so. With that being said, we have another match coming up for you. I, I said last episode that uh, we are in the grind period right now at school. It is um, finals week for a couple of us. Peter, you're not in finals week yet, right? Is that next week for you? It is indeed next week. One yeah. week from today. So exciting for him. For us, we're already in the grind period. So Alex and I uh, do have finals this week. So by next weekend, for us... It'll be all over for Peter. He'll be having a great weekend of studying. So uh, I'd rather study than watch Chelsea at this point, to be honest. Man. Uh, I really don't know about that, Alex. I think you'd rather be sitting in the comfort of your home, which you will be doing sure. watching Chelsea versus Sheffield United next Saturday, uh, December 16th at 10 a.m. for us. I believe that's 3 p.m. for everyone watching in the UK. That'll hopefully be when we record our next episode. Maybe, maybe. Alex and I together watching that match or recording that episode as long as my flight doesn't get delayed. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. I'm flying home on that morning, but it is a 7 a.m. flight, so it should be back by that 10 a.m. start time. We'll see. Sheffield United, so we talk about relegation sides. They are the bottom, the lowest you can go in the Premier League table, number 20. They have two wins on the year, okay? 12 losses. Their goal differential is minus 29. So, if there's a team to beat, I'm going to say it again, because we did it last week, and look what happened. If there is a team to beat, it is the worst team in the Premier League, and it is Sheffield United. If Chelsea does not win this match, I I don't even have an answer for what is going to happen on this episode. It will be one of, if not the saddest episodes of the Talking Blues podcast we might have ever recorded. And I'm... Spreading that not to jinx Chelsea, because honestly, at this point, if I'm jinxing Chelsea to lose to Sheffield United, then there's a problem with the whole jinx system in general. There should be no jinxing here. Chelsea should run away with this match. I don't care. 1-0, 2 3-0, 4-0, 5-0. I just win. Even a draw I'm going to be upset about. Anyway, I'm sorry for ranting about that game, but like this is... This should be easy stuff, guys. Um, all right. We thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Talking Blues podcast. Uh, if you made it this far, hearing about a Chelsea 2-0 loss, I think you might as well just hit that subscribe button, rate us five stars, and uh, let us know when you rate us on Apple Podcasts and you're able to make a comment say, I somehow made it through uh, this recap of the Chelsea 2-0 loss to Everton. Also, follow us at Talking Blues Pod on Twitter. And Alex on Twitter at Anorian23. I'm on Twitter at Josh Jolo 29 
And that'll do it from us. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you after the Sheffield United match versus Chelsea uh, that they play next Saturday. Go Blues.